I'm ready to take the next step. I'm ready for a university that will help me advance in my education and career. A university that will make me feel supported and connected. I'm ready for ODU Online. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today. Hello and welcome to Juvenalia. I'm Alan McGuire, humor editor of Headstuff.org. With me today is Alan Tannen, who is Hi. a writer and likes dogs. It's true. That's accurate? Yeah, that's completely perfect. Cool. Yeah. And our guest today is a writer and film editor of State.ie, Stacey Groudon. Hello. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. What are you going to talk to us about today? I'm going to talk to you about the movie Titanic. The greatest love story ever told. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a film that I think gets kind of a hard time from people, mm-hmm. even though, you know, when it comes out, it's the biggest movie of all time. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. literally, it costs $200 million to make. It makes $1.2 billion when it's released. It wins all of these Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you ask someone about the movie Titanic, they'll be like, I hate that movie. Or, <laughs> oh, that? Her? You know, like, mm. it's yeah. really, yeah. really maligned. A lot of people think it's corny. A lot of people think it's hammy. People I'd never seen it until yesterday, and I had that opinion of it. And I think mm-hmm. that's it's because of Celine Dion the and song. that video. Mm-hmm. It makes the film seem a lot more bombastic than it actually is. Okay, yeah. with all the cuts in it. Yeah. It makes it a lot cheesier. Yeah, mm-hmm. because the film it, it has elements of cheesiness. Yeah, but like I think most big blockbuster movies do. I don't think it's any more cheesy than other films. I think it's you're probably mm-hmm. right. It is a song, mm-hmm. and like her on the bow of the ship. Is that the right pronunciation? I don't know. Yeah, but it's so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Here's the thing, though. I always assumed that bit was like a big, super cheesy, corny moment mm-hmm. because it's in the video and yeah. it's when the guitar solo kicks in and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But the actual bit in the film, we're going to jump around in the film a lot because it's mm-hmm. a big film, a lot of mm-hmm. bits. But the actual bit in the film, it's quite understated. It's mm-hmm. lots of really long shots, and it's mostly the wind. And it's actually really nice. Mm-hmm. And I was really surprised when I got to it. I was like, oh, I, I'm actually enjoying this quite a yeah. lot. And that was a very nice moment. Mm. It's like yeah. the video is like a really weird um, condensed version of the film that isn't actually the film at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And also the version of the song that was released as a single is slightly different to the one that plays over yes. the credits. Um, like the single version is the one with the big corny guitar song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, the crazy like ghosty backing vocals. Mm. It's like Bon Jovi or something. Yeah. It is. It's a meatloaf Bon Jovi song. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it sort of tarts it up a little bit. Again, yeah. In the film. When, as you say, like, yeah, the moment on the bow of the ship where there's sort of you know, he's helping her fly and she's yeah. like, I'm mm. flying. It's like, it's quite sweet. It's cute. Yeah. Like, They're just kids yeah. in love, you know? Yeah, they're just young. They're just having fun. Why did you pick Titanic to talk to us about? Um, l- like I said, I feel like it's unfairly maligned. Yeah. Um, and I really like it. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to try and sort of make the case for it as a decent film that people should take seriously. Uh, but also, I think it was quite formative for me uh, in terms of how I look at films. Okay. Like it set a lot of standards for me um, in film that kind of a lot of subsequent blockbusters that I saw didn't really live up to. Okay. Um, so, okay, it came out when I was eight, but I probably didn't see it until I was about 12 um, because obviously I was eight and it was a 12s movie <laughs> and we couldn't get into the cinema. And I know a lot of people actually who had these same stories of like, oh, I tried to go with my older sister and they wouldn't let us in. <laughs> and um, uh, I was talking to Alison Spittle mm. yesterday. I was like, oh, I, I'm going to do the podcast on Titanic. And she was like, oh, I was eight and I went with my friends and... I, I didn't get in and they went in and left me. It's like, I know so oh. many people with stories like that. Where it's like, why? Like, when you watch it, I think it's quite tame. I know there's like some sex and some mm. dramatic 
disaster movie stuff. But um, but yeah, I feel like it's I. But then at the same time, like I feel like you could have PG'd it. Yeah, like I don't know. It down I think Winsters yeah. any nipples at all. It kind of has to go up to twelve. <laughs> yeah, so. like yeah, you know, yeah. I was gonna say some sort of like saying like fill me once or you know we can edit that bit out <laughs> like please edit that out I'm they could have put something in the shot to sort of disguise <laughs> yeah. the fact that, that she's topless is, yeah. yeah but that's like such a I think it's a point because it's really risque because mm-hmm. she's a society lady yes. you know yeah because she's like high class yeah the fact that she's naked is like so shocking um and I don't know I think it's a little something to do with that as well. Like maybe it's it's twelves rating is mm-hmm. because she is a woman and she's sort of enjoying this very erotic experience. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a great moment then after she tells that story where she's like, "It was the most erotic moment of my life." And then most <laughs> of the crew watching and they're like horrified that the woman is like talking about this mm-hmm. so openly. Yeah. Um, but again, that's something I really like that it is based around this film is based around her experience. Mm. Like it's James Cameron who writes and directs this film, and he'd made like The Abyss and Terminator Two and Aliens, like all amazing films. But I think it's easy to see how he could have just gone a straight disaster movie route. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, he sort of frames it around this this love story, um, and makes a woman the protagonist of the film, and makes it about her experience on that ship. Mm-hmm. Now, my wife saw it. She thinks eleven times in cinema when it came out. <laughs> because if you were born between nineteen eighty and nineteen eighty six, that's just what you did in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, <laughs> you just went to the cinema and watched Titanic every weekend. Because the girl across the road from me watched it like fourteen times and had a Leonardo DiCaprio scrapbook. <laughs> scrapbook. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. He's an extraordinary pretty man in nineteen ninety eight. He's like. Yeah. The archetype of a hot person in that time, like that was yeah. like Romeo and Juliet. Was that after Titanic? I think it was the before. before. Yeah. Oh, it was ninety six. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was just like he had a really insane couple of years where he was like the thing yeah. that everybody mm. was obsessed. It's with. The most beautiful person in the world. Yeah. Mm. So here's what my wife said to me last night when she watched it. She watched it eleven times then and bought it on video. Watched it once. Hadn't seen it since. <laughs> and she didn't realize how much of a badass Kate Winslet was on it. Yes. Until watching it again as an adult. There's a scene near the end where. She has an axe in her hand and mm-hmm. she's climbing one-handed along pipes. Yeah. As the ship is filling up with water. And just yeah. clambering along like like Laura, like a new Laura Croft, like a cool Laura Croft, mm-hmm. with nothing male gazy about it at all. No. It's just a really strict ass moment. Yeah. yeah. Which I guess James Cameron did write like Sarah Connor and stuff, so he has yeah. history in that. But yeah. But and she like, was all about the love story then. I think a lot of people were. They didn't. The, the feminist badass aspect of it wasn't hugely yeah. paid up at the time, I think. I saw it because um, when it came out, I was five. So mm-hmm. I was a few years too young, obviously. So I think I saw it um, with my friend from school and my other friend from school, my little sister. I think we were only like 10, though, which is still mm-hmm. probably like maybe nine or 10. So I was still probably a bit too young to watch it. But I, all I remember was just being really like um, scandalized. by like all the nudity and stuff because it was just I think it was like one of the first films where I'd seen like sex and stuff depicted even though it was so tame yeah Mm. but for like a child like of that like late 90s early 2000s you're still like (gasps) she's in the nude you know (laughs) so that was kind of my experience I don't really have like the same attachment that like you do or Mm. like that Carol Ann would have you know yeah um and I guess it's sort of pretty unusual that they have that in a big blockbuster movie as well, mm. that there is an actual sex scene and stuff like her posing on the couch completely naked and the hand hitting the window yeah. of the car. Like they became, you know, 
almost kind of derided in the pop culture. Like, yeah, it was, it was like oh, that yeah. hand thing is like such shorthand. It was parodied for... so often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, um, and I think another reason why the film maybe isn't taken seriously, but to actually have that sex scene in it, I think, is really radical, mm-hmm. as as well as the fact that she instigates it because they get into the car. Um, and he's sort of joking around. Mm. He's like, where to, miss? And she's like, to the stars. And she like pulls him into the back she of the car. She drags him in there. Yeah. yeah she's thirsty. Yeah. She's so thirsty <laughs> for him. Um, which people hadn't seen before. So they were yeah. like, oh, let's, uh, let's take the power out of this by making it ridiculous. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I mean, you know, it's one possible reason. Yeah, but yeah. As but... you say, I don't think people really noticed sort of the more feminist elements mm. of yeah. it at the time. I think if it came out now, that would be the big sell of it. Yeah, like she leaves an abusive relationship and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With Billy Zane. (laughs) With Billy Zane. (laughs) Do you love Billy Zane in this movie or like love to hate Billy Zane in this movie? I love his performance because Mm. it's so OTT. Yeah. And I also really like um, his like curtain hair. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> He's got such 90s hair. Yeah, yeah. He looks like Ben from A1, like yeah. transported back <laughs> to like 1912. But I think he's he's an absolute asshole in it. But I think he's like really, really evil Gaston. Yes. Like yeah. really, really he's bad. such a Gaston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And literally everything he says in this film is wrong. Like I think this film <laughs> is quite earnest in most ways. But the like ironic humour of Cal's lines just gets borderline parodic as the mm. film goes on like uh, it's unsinkable it's the most unsinkable ship and it's like okay that's a fair enough thing for someone to say yeah. getting on the Titanic but then as he goes on he's like mocking Kate Winslet's Picasso painting <laughs> and like lying about Jack being kind of a ruffian and mm. uh, like the moment where he steals the crying child that's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I have a child I have a child it's very like, villainous like yeah. textbook cartoon evil yeah. you know Kind of like pathetic as well. Yeah. You know? Do you think he actually cared about her? Uh, no. I think he probably fancied her. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what like I mean? He, he makes like, sure she gets on the boat. And he does look for her on the Carpathia afterwards. Yeah, but like... So. I think that's more that he wants to own her rather than yeah. that he like sees her as an equal partner that he loves. Oh, he definitely sees her as an equal partner. Yeah. No, but like... Yeah. In a, like, he, like I don't think he'd like treat her very well once no, they got married and stuff. Definitely not. Yeah. yeah, I think it's because he's fr- her fiance. He feels like responsible for yeah. her, and it's oh, like beautiful. it's going to look yeah. so bad on me if my mm. fiance doesn't get off the Titanic alive, mm. yeah. rather than actually caring about her as a, a person. Mm. She's like a commodity. Like she has to. It's like a she's cargo or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the the necklace because she has the necklace. Oh yeah. Even though he forgets about it until mm. he suddenly remembers and then there's that amazing moment where he just starts laughing. <laughs> and he's like, "What's funny, sir? His servant who's called um Spicer Lovejoy, which I think is the Spicer. Great. <laughs> His first name is Spicer. Oh my god. Spicer Lovejoy. Yeah. Spicer. <laughs> um and he's like, "What's funny, sir?" And he's like, "I put the diamond on the coat. And I put the coat on her." Uh, and, which is the funniest thing in the whole film for it's me. It's actually it's funnier than I was expecting it to be. Titanic? Yeah. Yeah. Like the bit with the axe when she does the two practice things and <laughs> yes. just misses. And the second one goes in so much deeper and so much further away than it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like, okay, we'll just do it. Fine. Fuck it. <laughs> That's what's... Yeah it's, yeah, it's a great moment where she's mm. like, I can, I can absolutely take these handcuffs off you. Yeah. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen the film, Jack is handcuffed around this kind of wooden... Is it a pipe? It's a pipe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. a wooden thing at all. It's a pipe. Um, it's like a big, like quite a wide pipe it's more like a pillar but it's, yeah, yeah that's why I was like is it a pipe I guess on a boat that size yeah it yeah. would pipes. Um, and yeah the first swing she takes is so far off where <laughs> it's supposed to be that you're like she's going to chop his hand off mm. 
but then she actually makes it. Yeah. And there's lots of little quips like that that are funny beyond, as I said, the kind of ironic humour of Cal not yeah. appreciating the value of anything. Yeah. I think their relationship is really nice. Yeah. And they joke around together, which is really realistic, I think, for mm. like when people are happy with each other, that they mm. just, mm. even though they obviously didn't know each other for that long because they were only on the ship for like however many days. I just think it's a nice depiction of like young people who yeah. really like each other, you know? Yeah. Mm. Um. They they have this, like, obviously Kate Winslet and Leo have great chemistry. Um. And the characters just have this great, yeah, as you say, very natural, very youthful way of communicating where he's talking about teaching her to spit like a man and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's telling him about the things she's unhappy with in her life and the things she wants to do, like ride a horse like a man. And yeah, as you say, it feels really natural and really authentic. And it's not just kind of, um, it's not just based on their physical attraction, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like they have a good foundation for something. I guess that's why the film is so long as well. Yeah. It kind of has to be because you have to care about someone. Yeah. Like, the film could have been just that last hour and 20 minutes beforehand. Mm-hmm. But instead they give you two hours. Like I remember we were watching it and the dogs need to go out and we pause it and we're like, there's still two hours left in this film. <laughs> How? I've been watching this my entire life. How is this still on? Yeah. But by the time you get to the end of it, you realise it did actually need to be roughly that long. Mm-hmm. Possibly some of the, the bit with Bill Paxton at the start is mm. the first 20 minutes is probably unessential. It's yeah. just Bill Paxton joking about the ocean, yeah. <laughs> which is nice, but... Shut up, Bill. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah poor, exactly. poor dead Bill. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. Um, I, but I quite like him, even at the beginning, as that kind of mm. treasure hunter. Um, and I, I think that the lesson that the film teaches him, uh, which is, you know, don't go digging around the Titanic for something that's, like, materially valuable, mm. when really you can discover this woman's story, which is so much more important, I guess, and so much more meaningful. Um is quite nice but I do agree that bit at the beginning well it's like quite stunning to watch yeah. in a lot of ways like it's really impressive that they had the little submarine robot thing mm. uh, go down you know it's not essential to the story of the film No, it's very James Cameron though like to have oh, like yeah. some kind of spectacle yeah, yeah. at the yeah. beginning and I think part of his motivation was for making this film was that he'd get to use equipment like yeah. this <laughs> and go like deep sea diving I read that he is obsessed with shipwrecks, shipwrecks. yeah so Seems like something that like would obviously be a thing that he'd be obsessed with as well. I wonder if that's even why he pitched the film in the first place. He's like, yeah. I really want to do some shipwrecks. <laughs> I just want to explore the ocean floor. What if I pretend <laughs> I'm making a film about it? And then they gave him $200 million and he's like, oh, maybe I have to actually make a film now. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that it has that framing device as well. Of mm. like, It starts out as like a treasure hunt and then it goes on to be about this woman's experience on the Titanic. And then it comes back to the treasure hunt thing. Her granddaughter gets two lines in the entire film and she's in like eight scenes. You know yeah, that? she doesn't talk she at says, all. She mm-hmm. says, is that you? And I think that's pretty much it. She just smiles <laughs> at her grandmother. She's just so happy lovingly. to be with her. You know? yeah. yeah. But she's famous, I think. She's from, I don't, I forgot to look up what she was in, but she looked really familiar. She's What's... married to James Cameron for a while. Oh, really? Oh. As in he married her after this film. Oh. Her name is Susie Amos. So I think she is an actress and has been yeah. in other yeah. things, but. Wasn't he married to Catherine Bigelow? Or, yeah. 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 I wasn't sure if I made that up. No. No, no. he was. Yeah. Um, he's been married five times. I discovered mm. this the other night when I was like, what are the cast and crew doing now? Yeah. I just read his Wikipedia. He's been married five times. It's a lot so of So he's times. a bit of a horn dog. <laughs> <laughs> Does he just like get film wives? It so each new project way. is like, so he has an avatar wife now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's actually like yeah. one of the It's a body, people. It's a body yeah. pillow. <laughs> he has a body oh. pillow. <laughs> <laughs> But it's got one of those mocap suits on, yeah. so it's like sort of bobbly. <laughs> it's just a woman who pays to stick little tennis balls to her face. Yeah. 
ping pong balls. Yeah. <laughs> he has some money. Why not? You know, yeah. <laughs> throw it away. That's the real reason he wants to make sort of five avatar yeah. movies. Yeah. It's like, I just want more time with my wife, with my <laughs> ping pong ball applying wife. She's a cameo in the new film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. <laughs> See if you can spot her. <laughs> did you go when it was re-released in 2012? I did. Mm. Um, and as I said, I was eight when it came out, so I didn't get to see it first time around. So, so. you got to see it in the cinema for the first time? Yes. Cool. Uh, after being obsessed with it for, mm. you know, most of my teenage life. Uh, and then I had this opportunity five years ago to go and see it again. And it was wonderful. It was like everything I wanted. You weren't disappointed at all? No. That's cool. And uh, I was a little bit worried because they re-released it in 3D. Mm. And I'm not a big 3D person. No, I don't no. like it either. I think it's gimmicky. Especially converted 3D just doesn't work as well. Which part? Converted 3D. Yeah. It's not actually filmed that way. And it no. hurts yeah. my eyes a little bit after a while. Especially a film that long, I would just, mm. no. And I wear glasses anyway, so oh, when no, you have to go in and wear glasses, glasses. Yeah. Mm. it's uncomfortable. I'm mm. like, I'm, you know, they're moving around. It's, it's, it's a big awful. ask for you to do that. Yeah. For three hours yeah. as well for Titanic. But uh, I actually thought it worked really well. Like the sort of sensation of the water rushing into the ship mm. felt kind of very visceral. Mm. And uh, you got a real good sense of the scale of this thing because mm. they built like they obviously had to build the ship yeah. set. And that thing in itself is is pretty impressive. Massive, yeah. Like I think it cost $15 million or something to build just the, the ship set. So oh. expensive. Yeah. yeah. Have you been to the Titanic exhibition? In Belfast. Yeah. Yeah, I went a couple of years ago, yeah. actually. Yeah, um, I as well. It's yeah, good. It, I've never been. It's really, really good. Yeah, yeah I'd it. really recommend yeah. it. Like, mm. you get a good get a good half day out of it, I'd say, mm. um, because they take you through kind of the whole process of building the Titanic, mm. and there's all of the sort of stuff that was on it that's been recovered, they have, and it's it's quite interesting. It grounds it in context. It's, yeah, it's very non-sensational yeah. compared to the film. That's kind of nice, yeah, because mm. the film yeah. is so, like, bombastic in a mm. way. Yeah. You were saying that um, this film set like a lot of precedent for you in terms of like what yeah. you like in films. Mm-hmm. Like what could you like maybe elaborate a bit more? Like what do you mm-hmm. mean by that? Like is it like how it's shot or like performances or Yeah, direction? like I think like a little bit of everything. Like uh, it was the first film that really blew me away in terms of like what was going on in it, like on screen up till then, like, you know, I've been to the cinema to see like Disney movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I didn't see this in the cinema. I saw it on TV. Uh, I think in school, actually, like at Christmas in sixth class. The wheel, the TV. The yeah. yeah. Mm. So even on that, I was like, "Look at the size of this thing. Look at look <laughs> at the scale of this thing. Look at how beautiful this is." Um, and yeah, just in terms of the way it's shot, a lot of people criticize this film for you know the dialogue and the characters or whatever. But you can't argue with it technically. I think mm. mm-hmm. it's just such an impressive achievement that way. Um, and yeah, just Rose as a kind of badass female heroine, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I obviously hadn't seen any other James Cameron movies at mm-hmm. this stage. So I didn't know that that was a thing that he did. But up till then, you know, it's it's Disney movies or romantic comedies where, you know, ultimately, you know, the the fate of the heroine is that she's going to end up with a man and mm. live happily yeah. ever after. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen. Well, it does. It does happen in Titanic, but with not the person we expect. No. Mm. And I think, you know, there's a little bit of subversion in there in terms of the role or like the journey that Rose goes on. So, you know, the sinking of the Titanic is like this emancipatory experience for her. Oh, yeah. Mm. She's like set free by it in a way. Yeah. Like Like it's horrible, obviously. Yeah. yeah. It's horrible and it's depicted quite 
well as this yeah. really horrible yeah. experience like when she's in the water and the guy is trying to use her as like mm. a flotation device yeah. you think she's oh, gonna die oh that always made me panic yeah, yeah it's yeah. really kind of claustrophobic yeah. or something mm. you're like Ooh, I can feel that mm. um, so you know it doesn't downplay how unpleasant it was for her but it's mm. also like the Titanic set her free and yeah. mm. she was able to go on and live this completely different life to the one that had been destined for her mm. um, by this disaster which is a really unusual yeah. thing I think uh, so like the last shots of the film were just pictures of her like flying planes and riding mm. a horse properly yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> but, but all by herself there's nobody else in the pictures no they're all of just her mm. and yeah. even though she did remarry and yeah. had a family um, it's not presented as you know that was what she was going to get out of life no. it was to live this kind of independent um, th- this independent life on her own terms mm. um, I, I do think it's a bit of a a bit sickening for her family that as she dies what she's thinking about is being back on the Titanic <laughs> with Jack it's like yeah. that was a day and a half of your life mm. as it makes me to... sad actually to think about like for her husband and stuff mm. that like Jack was I it's I suppose it's like reflective of like real life like not everyone ends up with like the person that, that the love of their life mm-hmm. and stuff but I always remember just being like at the end I'd be like but she had a whole other fat what about them like I always yeah. just felt really bad but then I was like Jack is hot though you know? yeah <laughs> so as you say she's in the pictures by herself we don't yeah. know what her husband looks like mm. he's probably had nothing on Leo you know young he's Leo nineteen ninety seven or Leo no but um. Yeah, I think in terms of female protagonists, she's very unusual, especially compared to what I would have seen up At to that, that point. Time. Yeah. And even subsequently to that, like I was always a little disappointed in like the Lord of the Rings movies, it's like the girls are yeah. elves. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Like there's Having no visions and stuff, yeah. looking really beautiful and like glowy. Yeah. That's it. Lady Gladwell had a cool moment, but that was kind of all. Yeah. Though. Yeah, again, that's kind of really intense moment. Yeah, and then um, Arwen was more just like protecting Aragorn and being like it's going to be okay mm. rather than mm. like you know trying to kill an orc or whatever. Yeah. She wasn't taking an active role no. in no. getting that ring up that mountain. No. Um we realized something last night when she was first time when she's walking along with Jack after he rescues her and she says she's tired of cotillions and parties and stuff as her yeah. life we went oh she's Laura Gilmore. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. She Which is, is yeah. two she's, years later, but yeah. She's more likable. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. more likable. Than, yeah. than Lorelai. But her ambitions and her Yeah, she's very headstrong and yeah. wants to escape her rich family. Because yeah. she gets on at Southampton, but she's originally from Philadelphia or something. Yeah. She? So she is American. Yeah, she's going mm. home kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. And she's going to marry Cal and have this whole life. But yeah, she's she is. She's Lorelai Gilmore. She's trying mm. to escape those expectations mm. that people have of her. And overpowering mother. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except Emily's a lot, a much better character. Well, She's yeah. a lot more well-rounded. We, we, we get more time in Emily. Yeah, though, you do. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frances Fisher. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what her name is in the, yeah. the film. Rose's Ma'am. mother. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. DeWitt Booker. Yeah. I don't know her name. Another thing Rose's I noticed, Ma. and I think only probably me, Annie Rumaclisa, would notice this. The first 10 minutes of Titanic and Jurassic Park are the same. <laughs> Talk me through kind that. Of exploratory yeah. So thing. Jurassic yeah, Park uh, starts with um, Alan Grant and Ellie on an archaeological dig. Yeah. Uh, then something happens and they go on a helicopter. Yeah. And exact same thing happens. Titanic. They're doing the exploration. Then Rose gets on a helicopter. Helicopter over to sea out to where the action is. It's like exact- the yacht. What's it called? Oh yeah. It's like beat for beat. The yeah. same. Yeah. Opening for both. 
that's only only I care about that. There's no <laughs> real discussion to be had there. <laughs> there's there's probably something to be said about how like blockbuster films mm. were structured, I guess, in the nineties. Setting yeah. the scene for things, you know. Mm. Like this is setting up for what are they looking for? You know, mm. kind of thing. But it's not what you think they're looking for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the truth is much more mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> Jurassic Park is a deep ocean of secrets. <laughs> Four films. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's a story. A yeah. lot of films lot of and films. another one to come, I think. Yeah, yeah, another one coming out. Yeah, but yeah, even Jurassic Park. Look at Jurassic World. Like our female lead in that is she has nothing on Rose, and this is no. you know twenty years later. She can't wear heels running away from dinosaurs. I don't understand. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Like I don't know who. It seems like a really eighties decision. Yeah, yeah. Like, who was? Yeah. It's like romancing the stone. Yeah, you know, that yeah. film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is like I love that film. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Kathleen Turner, like, but she, in the end, I suppose her heels do break off and then she has to just walk around in her bare feet. Mm-hmm. And it's not really her fault. No, like she didn't dress for that. Like she didn't no. get up that day thinking, yeah. I'm going to be running away from dinosaurs today. No, that's Although true. if I worked with dinosaurs, maybe I would always have that at the back yeah. of my mind. <laughs> I think it's just because I'm not a heels wearer, really. So mm. I'm always You definitely just have like, like a pair of Sketchers in your bag if you oh, yeah. work yeah. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like all the girls who work in offices and they yeah. change into them. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. a brown Thomas bag with yeah, a pair, exactly. <laughs> pair of high techs in them. Yeah. Like in Working Girl. <laughs> yeah. Or they have, yeah, they have the great scene where they're at their desk then and they're changing out oh, yeah, their yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're runners into their shoes. It's mm. like, you know, they knew that in the 80s. Yeah. Why is Bryce Dallas Howard kind of dragging her feet <laughs> on carrying sketchers around? So, yeah, I think in a lot of ways, Rose is very um, atypical heroine, like typical for a James Cameron film, mm-hmm. but in a blockbuster. Um, so where do you think other blockbusters fall down compared to it? Because you said that they, kind um, of, they don't compare quite as much. Yeah, I guess up to that point, the ones that I'd seen weren't as spectacular. Mm. Although I suppose this is the biggest film ever made. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even stuff subsequently like Lord of the Rings, I was disappointed there wasn't more of a kind of strong female character mm. uh, like there is with Rose. And yeah, the kind of cheesiness of any kind of romantic interactions. And I know it's cheesy in Titanic and I really enjoy that it's cheesy in Titanic, mm. but... I feel like the film does strike a balance, um, at least in terms of like t- its time uh, and the time on screen devoted to each plot strand between mm. kind of the human relationships and the big disastrous set pieces. Um, so, yeah, in terms of its kind of emotional register, I suppose, uh, I-, I feel like a lot of films don't hit that. They're like, here's our big set piece and here are how the characters are reacting, but you don't get as much time with maybe the human relationships. Yeah, mm-hmm. which uh, is like why I mostly watch films. Yeah. For me anyway. Yeah, like uh, Godzilla would be a good recent example, I think, uh, where I just didn't care about any of yeah. the people. You're like, if you all die, I don't really mind. Yeah, like know. the most recent one, which I think was 2014, um, at the beginning, Brian Cranston oh, has yeah, a nice yeah. little arc where his, he loses his wife and then you know, is trying to convince people that the, the monster exists and is trying to do something about it and no one's really listening to him. Um, but then the film shifts focus away from Brian Cranston onto other characters that you don't really get any time mm-hmm. with and you've no reason to care about them other than, like, Brian Cranston knows them. <laughs> um, so I think Titanic, you know, a lot of people criticise, as I say, the cheesiness of its characters and the dialogue. And But I think it draws them really well. Mm-hmm. I think you get a nice sense of who they are as people. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, not Fabrizio so much. No. He's kind of played by a Domingo puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh my God, it's a, it's a roller boat. <laughs> We're going to America. It's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, did you base this on someone in 1912 as well? <laughs> Super Mario, maybe? Yeah. yeah. 1912 era Super Mario. Yeah. He was a plumber on the Titanic, actually. Yeah. True story. <laughs> he wasn't doing his job very well. No. Jumped into a pipe, didn't come out. No, he was just busy. He had to go collect coins and he just took his eye off the bomb. <laughs> HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details. Did you like Leonardo DiCaprio? Like, did you think he was the cutest person ever? Um, a little bit. Yeah, you I weren't like completely the way like your wife was like, yeah. obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that girl who had the, the, the scrapbook. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a fully stocked scrapbook? Was it like... I, I cut think of his face from tiny little pictures. There was a lot more Teen Girl magazines back then. There was. So you there had was like a Smash Bros and Just Seventeen and Ms. Bliss and Ms. Like, yeah. So there was a lot of Leo pictures around, mm-hmm. and they all, they all had like at least one Leo poster a week in them. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. my uh, my cousin really loved Leo. She'd be like almost a year older than me, uh, and she was obsessed. So I was like, yeah, he's nice, because I'm eight. Yeah. Uh, my cousin was like, he is the most beautiful man in the mm. whole world. I'm going to marry him. We're all going to marry him. It's going to be the, the best. Um, <laughs> one huge communal wedding. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all he is the, the like, world's husband. <laughs> yeah. oh, um, so for her, for her birthday that year, we got her like a A3 size poster of oh, Leo. Wow framed and <laughs> she adored it and I think it was in her house until like relatively recently um, in like 1999 there was a rumour that Leonardo DiCaprio was coming to stay at Waterford um, Castle Golf Club <laughs> really? so oh. a load of girls from the sec- one of the girls secondary schools took the day off to go out and caddy in case they could be Leonardo DiCaprio's caddy oh, and make him fall in love with her <laughs> but there was a lot of absences that day he, he wasn't there wow. the most famous person I ever said there was Beck that's but, Beck, that's yeah, cool. he was there at a wedding. Cool. Yeah, he d- he refused to go out and play with the band. They went, Beck, come up and play a song. He's like, no. Oh. Uh, maybe he just wanted to be a guest at it. You know? Maybe. Yeah. He probably was like, hey, listen, I'm taking off my Beck hat. <laughs> my <wife laughs> but not my hat. wedding guest hat. <laughs> <laughs> just here to party. Yeah. Was he yeah. in Ireland at all? Like, where did the rumour come from? I have no It just, it spread. Like, we heard it in the boys' school. So someone decided... <laughs> It would be funny. Yeah. Or someone misread something in the newspaper, probably. That's like the rumor that Keenan and Kel died in a car crash. Do yeah. You guys remember that? Yeah. No, that's the thing. That's I, was, I remember I was like younger. in senior infants and everybody was like so devastated. They were like, yeah, they they died and that's why all the episodes are over. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> we were all just like in the yard like, oh no. That's devastating. Yeah. But it's it was it was a lie. They're both very much alive. Yeah. yeah it would be sad day. if when a TV show ended they killed off all the cast <laughs> in real life. Oh my god. <laughs> like the show didn't end because they died. It's yeah, like it's they just, killed okay. them. So it's that like you've reached the end of your run. <laughs> Same characters, completely new cast yeah. next season. No question. <laughs> you can't stop one season, just be a tragedy. Like, <laughs> for nothing. That's where all these anthology shows are coming mm. out of. They're yeah. like, Oh, we'll yeah. get a new cast this season, we'll just get rid of these. Too many actors in Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> it's oversaturated. Yeah, these guys get one series, and then we're gonna get rid of them. Do you still follow like the careers of Kate Winslet and Leo DiCaprio? Like, would they be actors that you still like in the stuff that they do? Yeah, I really do. And mm. like Leo, I think is a really interesting example because he is now like this really credible. Yeah, he mm. picks such mature like, actor. Good. Like, if you think about like Titanic and then like The Revenant. Yeah, it's mm. just mad. Like worlds apart. Mm. Um, and even like. Thinking of The Revenant, you have like Will Poulter in that, who's like yeah. the age that I guess Leo would have mm-hmm. been making Titanic. Mm. It's like it's a completely different role now mm. for a teenage actor. Like in the 90s, you know, that was probably 
all that was available to Leo. Yeah. You know, even if he was trying to be more credible. I know he did like what's eating Gilbert Grape and the basketball diaries and stuff that's like a little edgier than Titanic yeah. and Romeo and Juliet. But um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting to see now how he's progressed from like teenage heartthrob to, you know, this guy that had a meme about him because yeah. he wasn't winning Oscars because people, you know, see him as being mm. so good and so credible and so deserving. I wonder, did he feel sort of relieved when he started to look older because mm. he probably felt like, even though he was really handsome and it did help him with his career, it might have started to become like a hindrance to him. Yeah. I don't know, maybe not, but like I feel like it might, especially if you want to get more credible roles, like mm. if you did look like a baby face for a really long time, it would be really hard. Yeah, and you hear actors saying that all the time. And I'm like, I don't know how sorry to feel for you. Yeah. Like Henry Cavill recently was like, oh, it's so hard for me to get cast in credible movies because I'm so handsome and people just see me as Superman. I'm like, my heart bleeds for you, Henry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry you're so handsome, you know? Um, but yeah, definitely. I think as he has aged, he, you know, he's still a very handsome man, mm. Leonardo DiCaprio, but in this kind of more mature way that means he can play a kind of wider range of stuff. Yeah, like when he was younger, he just looked like he could have mistaken him for like a foot lesbian woman. <laughs> Especially with the curtain yeah, hair, like right? I, when he had longer hair. You'd see her around, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, now he just looks like a man. And so his appeal has. <laughs> <laughs> it's waned a little for it's me. <laughs> Personally. That's, that's understandable. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I quite like Leo and Kate Winslet as well. Yeah. Um, I was talking to my boyfriend actually about Titanic. He was like, Kate Winslet, I haven't seen her in much. She was just in the Steve Jobs movie a mm. year or two ago. And she was I really, really liked Revolutionary it. Road with the two of them in it. Yes. That was really cool. Yeah. And, and sad. like So sad. Mm. And so different, I think, what pe- from what people wanted. Mm. They were like, <laughs> they're <laughs> together. And then they're like, oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's so sad. It's like a crumbling marriage for like two hours. Yeah. Oh man, it's such a tough watch. Mm-hmm. The book is even worse. Oh, I haven't read the book. Yeah. It's yeah. Bleak. Just more in depth and mm-hmm. drawn it's like out really misery. hard. I bought it when I was like, I used. To, you know, when you're like a teenager and you seek out sad things to consume. <laughs> yes. And now I'm like, no, thank you. No, mm-hmm. I don't want to read or watch anything sad because mm-hmm. I'm like, things are just, like real life is sad anyway. Yeah. So I'm like, it's like when you read the Bell Jar when you're like 15. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, you're like, I just want something sad to relate mm. to. Um, whereas, yeah, it's something like Titanic, maybe yeah, 20 yeah. years later has become relevant again because mm. you're like, I want this escapism. I want this romance. Mm. I want this. What was the audience like when you went to see the, re- the re-release? Uh, what was it? it was pretty mixed, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, there would have been a fair few women my age and I went with a friend of mine who mm. is my age. So it would have been uh, 22. So a few women kind of around our age. And... A few older men as well, so I don't know if they were there to be like, let's see what this 3D thing is all about. Yeah. The other kind of men just want to see every yeah. 3D film. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. uh, it was on in Savoy screen one as well, so I guess maybe people might have gone for like the experience yeah. of that because it's such I've a only huge... been there once. It's so cool. I oh. saw Gone Girl there, which is weird, you know? And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're like that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Like, I doesn't seem right or something it's know. not quite the spectacle no except for the stabby bits i was just thinking yeah. about that yeah yeah they were pretty grim mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah well, like so it was mostly young people your age people my age yeah. yeah i don't think really there was anyone younger there which yeah. i yeah. thought was kind of a shame like i would have liked to see some eight-year-old girls lining up outside <laughs> being like you can't come into this film <laughs> it's like no for old times sake i wonder um, does it translate to like if you showed it now to like a bunch of 12 year olds, mm. would 
they have as like visceral reaction or is there other movies now that would take Titanic's place? I'd love to know. I feel like yeah. Titanic is really singular though in that way, the way you were explaining that it's like a blockbuster but the actual story is really well composed too mm. so you care about both aspects of it. Yeah. I don't is know. the notebook like that? I haven't seen the notebook. Is the notebook the that notebook kind of thing? The notebook is no like huge disaster, no. like natural disaster or anything. It's mm. the notebook's actually it's not a great movie. I don't it's, I don't really like it. It's kinda weak. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's because Ryan Gosling, I think when her him and Rachel McAdams were also going out. So that added to the whole like, oh, they have such chemistry because they were also probably together at that time. Mm -hmm. And then they did that MTV Awards kiss and stuff. Yeah. But it's like not really in the same league. Like there's no iceberg in the notebook. (laughs) Although I do remember um, when I was in maybe fifth year in school, uh, someone got a copy of the notebook for Christmas, like on our last day of school. Mm -hmm. And we had double maths. And they were always like, I just got the notebook. Can we watch the notebook instead of having class today? And my teacher said yes. That's the best. So we watched like yeah. most of the notebook in a double maths class. We did that with um. It's sort of a similar genre, like you know, the a walk to remember with Mandy oh, Moore yes. and Shane West. It's like so cheesy. Mm-hmm. It's like worse. It's but we there's all those kind of movies where like a bunch of I went to an all girls school mm-hmm. that was like what do a bunch of teenage girls want to watch? Like oh, it's this Shane West <laughs> film and Mandy Moore. It's really sick and it's really sad, but it's so cute. <laughs> was that just like on the last day of term or something or was yeah. it ever wheeled in? Also, sometimes like I went to a Catholic school, but a lot of the time they didn't really adhere to the ethos. So mm-hmm. it would like, be a religion class and my teacher would just be like, you want to just watch half of A Walk to Remember and then the next <laughs> class will watch the other half. And we were like, yeah, sure. Because <laughs> we didn't do it as an exam subject. So mm-hmm. it was kind of just like mm-hmm. we'd end up just talking about like aliens or like, do we believe in ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> We got some of our sex ed in religion class. Oh, we did too. Really? We got like we watched, a lot of them. Um, like our first year teacher had worked in Africa a lot, so he yeah. like mm-hmm. made us watch a, like a documentary from the nineties about AIDS and stuff. Oh my goodness! Oh. To like dispel myths and stuff. It's like really useful. That's really good cool. Ours wasn't. Yeah. It was like very yeah. videos of like. Um, this is so not nothing to do with time, but it was like videos <laughs> of like. Um, people who had regretted abortions and stuff that was what oh we goodness. kind of got yeah, mm, yeah. so they yeah, were see, very they, catholic in they care a lot more about controlling ye than us yeah because kind of yeah. I don't know why that is they told mm. like he was the only good one in fifth year they told us that condoms only work 80% of the time so just abstinence I know guys who went <laughs> to an all boys school that were told that like masturbating was like a sin because it was like wasting potential <laughs> <laughs> Which is, is it so like gross. killing children? Yeah, legit. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I was like, they didn't take it on board. I don't think it wasn't something that they adhered to. There was a bill brought up in the U.S. recently, actually, where someone was trying to make the case that you know masturbation and abortion yeah. should be considered like on par. Like, I think it was kind of a feminist statement to make a saying, point. Yeah, you know, it's essentially the same thing. And I don't know how far it's gone. It's no. just it's pretty interesting. America, though, you just don't know. You just don't know. If Jack and Rose had gotten if Jack had like okay spoiler like <laughs> I don't know if people know but Jack like he dies do you think they would have stayed together I don't know like or would it have fizzled out like see that's it they're what they have together is so brief and so passionate mm. it's like that could have burned out real quick yeah even though as we've said they do seem to have a genuine emotional connection mm. uh which is quite sweet but in a way even though I think he would have fit on the door which we can talk about yeah um I think it's to her advantage that he doesn't make it 
because yeah. as we've said she goes on and has this really great independent life even though she marries another man mm-hmm. um, I don't know if she would have felt as kind of self-actualized I wonder if the reality of his actual life off the ship would have appealed to her as much because mm. they're still, been they're like still a going between first artist. class and steerage yeah. but it would just been all steerage all the time if he'd stayed with her all or steerage all day that's it yeah yeah, yeah, like when he's at dinner with her family and they say, mm. well, where do you live, Jack? And he's like, well, at the moment, my address is HMS Titanic. Yeah. And I don't know after that. <laughs> so it, it would have been an interesting experience for mm. Rose. She I would think. have gotten the land. So she would have gotten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was no land in that deal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Wouldn't have worked out for them. But um, but you yeah. maintain that he would have fit on the door? I think that you, you take that stance? I think. I mean, if you look at the shot, if you look at the, yeah. the way it's framed, like she's full on lying on it. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure there would have been a way for them to each like sit on the door. Or like both put their arms across it. Yeah. Mm. Like, like a fence, panel, to... like a flotation device, like the foam ones in yeah. the air swimming. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like they're, uh, the fact that they have that huge door mm. is, you know, a miracle at all. And that she, you know, ruins that by hogging it. I'm like, yeah. no. Although maybe he was too weak to even... Oh, she could have tried to pull him up, though. She was okay. I think it was more the weight distribution. The the doors would have been pushed under from both of them being on it. Because he Mm -hmm. does try get on it. Yeah, that's true. And just it flips and stuff. So I think maybe he just... She's already lying on it in this particular way. She does. She is quite ostentatiously draped across it. Yeah, it's a sense of entitlement (laughs) of a wealthy person. Yeah. That's it. It all comes down to the class difference. Yeah, she thinks that she's being all like a woman of the people with him. But it comes out in the end. Yeah, Yeah. the store is just too ornate for you, Jack. I'm sorry. (laughs) Get get it all dirty. (laughs) What did you think of steerage? How realistic do you think that was about what life was like down there? Of I like those bunks. The, 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 no, the Kaylee. I don't think it was but the, that much the, crack, bunks, like... the bunks are what it was like because you've, you've seen them in the. Yeah, museum. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But the... I went to the Dunbrody in Wexford oh, yeah. and that mm-hmm. was a famine ship and yeah. that was not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, not I don't a, think there were, like, I feel like Kaylee's people were probably, like, very tired and probably weren't up for doing mm. jigs and reels at the time. Yeah, like I can't imagine there was that kind of celebratory atmosphere. No, like no. I know they're on the Titanic, but it's not like... I feel like they were like, I need to get somewhere to like make this new life. They're not like up for the crack. Yeah, yeah. it's not a party ship in no. no, I mean, I've been on a cruise ship and most people go to bed after dinner. Yeah. So they don't... Stay up that to, sounds like, great. <laughs> <laughs> like the, in the nightclub, there's usually by like 12 o'clock, there will be us and the people at our table. And that was kind of it. We ended up in the party group. Oh my god, Somehow. you were the party group. We were the party, we were the party kids. Yeah. That's cool wild. Kids. We were the ones driving karaoke, yeah. Oh my god, you were like the the fulcrum of the party. Yeah, we were the cool kids. Yeah. On the transatlantic cruise, which we were up in Halifax where the Titanic, Titanic people were buried. Oh, wow. And there's actually a Jack Dawson um, gravestone there, but it's not him, obviously, because he's fake. Yeah. But there was, there is a Jack Dawson gravestone Who died? in oh my god. cemetery. Oh. Not died in Titanic, but oh, it was just okay. there. But his people were really disrespectful to that grave. Really? They, they get loads of pictures with it draped over it and stuff. Oh. Uh, it's really bad. But yeah. That's a bit gross. Still yeah. a human's grave, mm. you know. Yeah. So I think of the two, because like, that's kind of one big Titanic area and then Belfast is the other one. I think the Belfast Museum is a much more tasteful mm-hmm. version of that. Because it was very real and a lot of people died in a really tragic way. Like, yeah. yeah. The way they handled the actual um, like sinking is really well done in mm-hmm. Belfast. It's just literally just bits of information and the Morse code messages. Yeah. and just here's what was happening now and now and now and just the Morse code you're going through mm-hmm. it yeah. yeah you have the timeline yeah. of yeah. when they made the SOS calls yeah. and where the ship would have been 
It's kind of better. No... They didn't do like a weird soundscape or anything. That's good. Yeah, no. That wouldn't have been great. No. Um, yeah, it is really nicely done. Yeah. In, uh, in and like how you can, they have um, like a full length um, like floor video screen of the, the wreck. Oh, so you wow. Can, you can walk over it. Okay. Yeah. And like walk the Titanic. And it's, it is it, it's huge, isn't it? Massive. Yeah. 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 But yeah. It's, it's, really, it's just the front half, I think. Or the back I, half, one of those. Yeah. yeah, it's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel weird about ships? Uh, it's funny you say that. Uh, I don't feel weird about ships specifically, mm. but I am afraid of drowning. Yeah. <laughs> I can't swim and I never wanted to learn to swim, yeah. even though maybe this should have maybe pushed me the other I'm way. I'm only yeah. kind of okay at swimming and I'm yeah. also me terrified too. of drowning. Apparently I look, I look like I'm drowning when I'm swimming. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. Tells me. I can't yeah. believe that for someone who goes on so many cruises that you are not a good swimmer. Um, you're quite like you're you're gonna die. I think. Well, actually, no. On cruise ships now, before the boat even takes off, everybody has to do a lifeboat drill. Okay. They line you all up and just go. This is where you will be. Yeah. If that happens, you go here. This is your thing. This is how you put on the thing. Mm. And they and they don't start it or let the ship take off till everybody is turned up. Yeah. They okay. literally click everybody off. So you have to do it. There's no, there's, and there are enough boats for everybody, unlike on the Titanic. Yeah. Oh my god. So, you know, they don't have guns either. They don't shoot you if you mess up. So that's good. <laughs> I remember being a little kid, even when there were no lifeboats. I was like, did they not even? That is an <laughs> oversight. <laughs> like, this is basic safety, that's take, you guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny the way they sort of spin it in the film as well, where they're like, it's, it's too unsightly to have more lifeboats on deck. It's really <laughs> ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of a weird priority. And they're like, miss. anyway, Rose, don't worry. The ship isn't going to sink. Which yeah. they mention a few times that it won't yeah. sink. Repeatedly, yeah. yeah. And Nilly again, Zane just won't shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's probably what did it in the end. It was just mm. that they kept saying they that They jinxed it, it, probably. They completely mm. jinxed yeah. it. Yeah. I always think, actually, I'm trying to think of, like, moments that I always remember from the film. And mm. one of the ones that I always find really sad is the elderly couple. Yes. On the bed. Mm. I was just like, wow. But then I also was like, it's really sweet. Well, then they they do die. So Yeah. I know. Yeah. Karen said to me last night, would you stay in the room like the elderly couple? I was like, no. Because as soon as the water came in, then they were like, oh, shit, we shouldn't have done this. This <laughs> yeah. is, this they, is a stupid. We should have went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, to be honest, like, they probably had a good five or six years left. Yeah. But when the, the bed's, like, floating up near the ceiling, you're like... This, they're going to get crushed. There was a quicker way for us to die like this. We could. Yeah, they're going to die painfully. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they're going to suffer. Um, mm. And I think there's a moment earlier in the film as well where she has the option to get on a lifeboat, and she's like, "I'm not leaving my husband," which is really sad, oh, yeah. really oh, sweet. I wouldn't. Yeah, like if I was on a boat with someone, I, I, I don't think I'd be able to put myself ahead actually yeah. I don't know what would happen because no we'd both probably get on the boat because women and children first so it's fine yeah. no worries <laughs> win win <laughs> forget it you're like oh, this doesn't affect me yeah <laughs> it works the opposite for me in this situation <laughs> that's crazy but the thing with women and children first right yeah. is that like the idea that you know the children are the future so they yeah. have longer lives ahead of them and the women have the potential to bear children yeah and they're weaker but if they're if it's <laughs> <laughs> it's like they need the help. Yeah, <laughs> they're not going to fight their way onto a boat. No. But like, if it's an older woman and her husband, like, is that not kind of? Yeah, are but they then not you're like you the same. That's really murky. Yeah, yeah, it's really ethically weird. It's really ethically weird. <laughs> it's not a decision you want to be like in charge of making. No, no, God, no, yeah. no, not at all. Yeah. But, um, so what are the, the big cry moments for, did, did you cry watching it uh, my I wife cry cried five times last night watching it and she's seen it like 13 yeah. times and I because I thought like I hadn't seen it originally because 
of toxic masculinity and stuff. <laughs> so, and now I'm a, I'm a big crier and stuff. So I assumed I would bawl my eyes out at it. But I kind of welled up once, mm-hmm. but not really. And that was kind of it. When mm-hmm. she got on the boat and he didn't, I was like, oh, and they were looking down at her. That was a nice moment. Oh, and the, that's And the flare going off behind the them flare. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, my wife bawled when she jumped off the lifeboat to get back to I, him. I always yeah. feel like... Yeah. punch in the air at that point <laughs> I'm like yes you get back on that boat because mm-hmm. again the whole film is about her making her own choices and yeah. her own way in the world that's another point at which she's like you know screw the establishment mm-hmm. so I'm going to do things my own way and I'm going to be with the man that I love which mm-hmm. is so sweet um, do I have any big cry moments I, I get kind of emotional at times uh, like as you say when they're on the bow of the ship and she's flying yeah. and stuff like that and then also uh, at the at, near the end when she's in the water and Yoan uh, Griffith is in the boat is anyone alive out there and she's she the whistle that yeah. makes me cry <laughs> that's the big one for oh, me yeah same it's yeah. the whistle and then also the bit I think it's when Leo before he sinks doesn't he kiss her hand yes when they're when he's still in the water just sets me off <laughs> straight away but yeah like those are the two the whistle though like where she's like trying to get the breath it's yeah. not yet she can't and you're like Rose you can do it you can survive this and have lots of kids on a pilot's license. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and Jack says something to her to that effect as well. It's like, you're not going to die here. You're going to die an old woman, warm in your bed, surrounded mm. by your family. Loads of kids in a pilot's license. Yeah. Women are more yeah. badass. <laughs> <laughs> that might, might have given her more of an incentive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the whistle, because there's like half a second, even though you've seen her telling this story as yeah. an old woman, where you're like, she's not hungry. They're not, they're not going to find her. Mm. You know, she's not going to be able to get the breath together. Which um, shows that it's really well done because like, mm. even if you know she's alive, you're still invested in her making sure she yeah. survives even though you see her as a mm. hundred-year-old woman. Exactly, yeah. Um. So that, yeah, that always really gets me. Mm-hmm. And the and the end as well where she sees Jack on the stairs in her vision slash dream slash, you know, brain stroke before she dies. <laughs> um. Is, is I think really sweet and yeah. the music as well kind of swells both mm. at that point with the whistle and mm. in the dream I think the music kind of does emotionally manipulate you into yeah. acting to it music in films like that is so important yeah, yeah. like the score and the score is beautiful yeah this. it's really good yeah and as I said the version of the Celine Dion song that plays over the, the credits isn't as corny it's, it's nicer yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. as tacky yeah. yeah it's the whole film I think that the score is really beautiful um, and really effective even though I'm like, I know this is emotionally manipulating me. It's like, I know these strings are here yeah, for yeah. a reason. I know it's swelling for a reason, but I'm like, but I'm so with it. <laughs> Do you think that's because you studied film that you know why, like, where is it somebody who just goes to the cinema for fun and like might have done like engineering or whatever will just be like, Ooh, engineering feel... slam. Yeah. What? Engineering slam. <laughs> no, but I mean like someone like who might not like know the like language of film as much or like yeah, the yeah. way it's put together yeah they why. might not know like why they're upset at a thing and like what exact reasons are coinciding to make them cry you know yeah no I think that's a good question because obviously when I first saw this film and I was 12 years old I hadn't mm-hmm. studied anything to do with film um, no. you know for some reason we don't do that in <laughs> primary school I don't yeah. know but uh, yeah and I found it so emotionally affecting and mm-hmm. so powerful and going back to it as an adult, like as someone with a film degree, I'm looking at it going, I know this is silly and I know that this is put here for a very particular reason. But I think it's so well structured that you don't care. Yeah, it still works. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, you can go in without an awareness of why it's working, Mm -hmm. um, but still just appreciate that it's working. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Without thinking about it too much, because if it's done well, it should be kind of invisible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I maybe have that awareness of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
and still enjoy it. <laughs> so any, yeah. anything else you want to bring up or any final thoughts? Um, do I have any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I guess I just like the end of the movie as well when she drops the, the necklace into the ocean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her little whoop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the little noise she yeah. has yeah. so good. <laughs> like she's always like a little surprised that she's done it. Yeah, she's like, oh, "That's smart." <laughs> Would you look at that? It's like you know when, when you're walking over a bridge and you think, "I could just throw my phone into the river right now." Oh, I do that with my entire <laughs> oh, backpack. It's like yeah, she actually just did that. Went, oh, I did it. I did the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like I, I could go off the grid completely. Yeah. <laughs> New life for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I just I, I guess I like the symbolism as well of you know Jack had fallen into the ocean, mm. so he was her heart of oh. the ocean, and he's at the he falls to the bottom and she drops it down there. So like everything she's ever carried around with her uh, is just dropped. Oh, she end. just lets go of all that. Wow. Even though she said she never would, mm. she lets go so that she can physically let go of the yeah. world. Yeah, it's just it's, I find wow. it really affecting. Yeah, yeah really sweet. Mm-hmm. Even though a lot of people are like, she she was That's so alive. much money, <laughs> so much money. <laughs> she was alive during the Great Depression, and yeah. she had this like priceless necklace, mm. and she just didn't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. But mm. I, I sort of, I, I, I really, I think it's kind of an empowering moment of mm. like setting herself free of the world by dropping the necklace in. There we go. Yeah, yeah. So thank nice you, Alan. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Stacey Groudon. Thank you, Stacey. Let's you, all Alan. finish with a. Hearts of the ocean drop into the ocean. Oop sound. You ready? <laughs> yep. One, two, three. Oop. Titanic! I am sick of saying, because that's the podcast after every podcast, so I'm trying to do a thing where I just shout the name of the thing that we talked about. If you can think of anything better that could be our after the podcast catchphrase, then tweet it to at juvenilia underscore pod. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Alan underscore McGuire and Ellen at Incogellen and Stacy, who's brilliant, at Silver Saint Groud. And you can follow Headstuff, this Headstuff, and the Headstuff Podcast Network at HSN Network or something like HSP. Uh, you look it up. I, I forgot to check. Um, yeah, that was good. That was fun. Uh, thanks, as always, to Headstuff and Alan Bennett for making all this happen, and to Dean McDonald for the artwork, which is the best artwork in the world, and we love it. And I think that's it. That's a quick one. Okay, Titanic!
This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.